0: So I'm so glad that Kyle's always gracious to let um, me come and share and just be with you guys. And um, I count it an incredible honor tonight that I have my friend Erica with me tonight. Erica and her husband, David, and their three children um, served on the field in East Asia for um, or with the company for about 16 years, but in East Asia for about 15 years where they went had to learn Mandarin, and then they had to learn the, the language of the people, which was an unwritten language, oral language. And then they translated a lot of the Bible, most of the Bible, I would say, um, into that language, and also the Jesus film, right? And so, um, and there's church, churches being planted, and then um, they actually had to leave this past year um, because of a security breach. And so they're here, or she's here uh, with her kids, and they um, will be going back. Um, on the field, but, uh, I count it an honor to, to have her here tonight. Um, I'm given a free gift away and, uh, it's a book, it's a new book called, what are you going to do with your life? So it's an amazing book. Like I read it and then I was like, okay, I have to order some cause I have to give these away. They're so good. So the winner will be the person without looking at your Bible or your Bible app. Um, they could finish the sentence for me. It's Psalm 4610. Does anybody know it? So you actually do know at least part of it, but I'm going to ask you to finish it. And the verse says, be still and... and... was that? All right. It, does anybody know the rest of the verse? Okay, it's Bible drill time. Whoever gets it first, I'm still going to give you the, uh, the gift. Absolutely, amen. So just like uh, Lance was saying... Good job, Lance. You got the book. Uh, but um, just like Lance is saying, like, and, and with that specific verse, it's kind of interesting that God's heart is actually for the nations from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I mean, I know that's like Sunday school to say, but it really is. Like, just like that, how come we've never heard that? How come, if in a room of like 30 people, we've never heard, I'll be exalted among the nations, I'll be exalted among the earth, in all the earth, in all the earth? And it's like that Genesis to Revelation. And so tonight, I'm honored to have her come and share. I just asked her to come share her story. So I don't know everything she's going to share, but I'm super excited because she's amazing.
1: Thanks, Nisha. So um, I came around and put on your table these candies. And we did serve in East Asia for over 15 years before... um, the Lord saw fit to allow the Chinese government to hack our systems and um, pull us out. So um, those are some of my children's favorite candies. They're called, they're called Bai Shao Tuzo, like white rabbits. And there's, when you open them, they have like a little rice paper wrapper. You can actually eat that, which is why my kids think it's so much fun. Don't eat the outside wrapper, of course, but um, you can eat the inner wrapper. It's just rice. Um, But they're kind of like milk taffy, Um, Not my favorites because I do not waste calories on anything other than dark chocolate, but those um, are some of my kids' favorites. So, hope you would just um, enjoy um, that little treat as I share with you tonight. Um, So, how many of you have heard of Passion Conference? I don't know if that's something, yeah, still big now. Okay, so long, long ago, (laughs) when Passion was first starting at their conferences, they invited this old man named John Piper to come and to speak (laughs) on missions. Okay, so he was brand new on the scene, and all of us in college were like, that old guy? Like, what is he doing here? So if you know anything about John Piper, you know right off what is his most famous quote that everybody knows, and and we all repeat over and over. It's actually a quote from the, um, it's the very first question and answer of the Westminster Catechism. It is, what is the chief end of man? Who knows the answer? The chief end of man is to It's actually the chief, it's right close um, and that maybe it's a different version, but the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of man, not just me, not just as a believer, but all mankind is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, That thought invaded my mind over and over and over as I walked the streets of the campus in Chongqing, China where I served for a summer project in college, as I saw these faces of thousands of students, I thought they actually don't glorify God and enjoy Him forever. They glorify themselves. They glorify their government. They glorify their country. How in the world would I even expect them? How would they even go about glorifying God and enjoying Him forever when they've never even heard of Him? It was then that I realized that the Lord had a purpose for me in those places. I was actually a student in electrical engineering at Auburn University. Sorry. Um, And my goal for success was to join a big engineering firm and climb... Uh, the corporate ladder, and uh, hopefully be the boss one day of that. Um, I was really happy to do missions um, right here in Alabama. I did some beach evangelism and some inner city, just um, helping out with humanitarian projects in some marginalized parts of cities. And really, that was just the extent of my thought on missions. Like I felt like I was on mission at that point. Um, In God's providence at Auburn, I got involved with Campus Crusade, um, which now I guess is Crew. And um, the director of Crusade at Auburn, his heart still is just the nations, the nations, the nations. So week after week, I um, heard of the darkness all around the world. And as I saw the videos that he would show and I heard the stories of people who were going and coming back, um, of people they were meeting in these least reached places, the Lord really began a work in my heart and caused me to question that maybe perhaps he would call me to go and serve among those, to be a sent out one. That's what the word apostle means, right? A sent out one to the nations. Um, sorry. So um, that summer, I actually signed up for a summer project. It was actually the first one that Auburn University did with this campus in Tongqing, China. And... Um, I saw the Lord using me and working in my heart, but more than that, I saw him change the lives of several girls that I was able to share his gospel with. And as I saw them go from absolute hopelessness to having hope in Jesus Christ, God worked in my heart to show me that this is what mission was all about. Um, It was about me joining him and what he's doing all over the world. And um, this really shaped me and confirmed in me his calling on my life. A year later, I was back in China again for a um, one-year stint with Crusade. And it was during that year that the Lord just spoke very clearly to me um, that that was going to be my place of service for my life. Um, I realized as I looked at what I had been doing as a believer in the States that I had been holding my candle here, but it was already in the midst of a bright place because of the light of the church. And what he was calling me to do is to take my candle to a place that was really dark, that there was no light. Um, As I shared this with my family, my dad asked The question that I'm sure a lot of people ask, and maybe even you have asked, why in the world do we need to go halfway around the world to share the gospel, to reach people for Christ, when there's plenty of lost people right here in Alabama? Why can't we just stay in America for missions? What would compel us to go to these hard, dark places and serve a people that we don't know, who speak languages we don't understand, and have culture that doesn't make any sense to us? Well, in an ideal world, um, if everyone stayed in their own country and actually lived missionally and um, began to share the gospel and disciple others in their country, then yeah, we would never have to leave America because those people in those places would be reaching their own people. But that is not our present reality. For missionaries to be able to actually serve within their own country would require that missionaries actually exist in those countries. But you know what? There are countries all over the world that actually have zero to little access of even hearing the gospel message proclaimed, much less have the opportunity to believe it and receive the kind of training that would be required to actually learn to live missionally among their people and to produce healthy, reproducing churches. So we go because there are still those in the world who have absolutely never heard you can't even fathom that. You've heard of Jesus more times in your lifetime than collectively people in large cities in some parts of the world will hear his name. There are people and places where his name has never been spoken We go because we've been commanded to make disciples of all the nations. We go because when we stand on a street corner in downtown Tuscaloosa, we can count four churches just within our eyesight. But when we look on an image on Google Maps of um, an entire city in southwest China that houses about two million people, we can only see a handful of believers, not churches, And only a handful of believers who are struggling to meet together, grow in their faith, and take the light of Christ to people in their communities. Think about that. You're standing on a street corner looking at four churches versus a map image of a city of two million people with a handful of believers. That's the difference. We want to go where we can have the greatest impact for the kingdom of God. Romans five, or sorry, 15, 20 through 21, in, in that passage, Paul says, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Paul was arguably the greatest missionary who ever lived. He's urging us to take the gospel to the places that do not yet have the light of Christ. Did you hear what he says? He says, I make it my ambition to preach where Christ hasn't even been named. His name has not been spoken. That was Paul's ambition. And it should be our ambition as well. So we wanna take our light to the very darkest corners of the earth and shine it bright for the fame of our heavenly Father. Um, I would like to share just as I close um, a little bit, Psalm 57, uh, seven through 11. You can look it up. um, If you have it, you can put it up on the screen um, or you can look it up. Just mark it in your Bible. I think it's a fantastic passage. Um, As I read this Psalm and this passage, I um, was thinking about it in a different way. I had not really thought about it as a passage for missions, um, but as I was preparing for this, the Lord brought this psalm back to my heart. So I'm just going to read it for us. Thank you. Um, psalm 57, 7 through 11. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. Amen. In this passage, um, how do we see God's glory spreading on the earth? What does it say? How is God's glory spreading? It's spreading because of us. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. His church gives thanks to him among the all the peoples. His church sings praises to him among the nations. To be able to do that, we've got to leave our conveniences and our preferences and, dare I say, our idols to be able to go to a place full of people who have never heard his name and will not glorify him and enjoy him forever without the proclamation of the gospel. The Bible actually teaches that the church is God's chosen vessel to give the gospel to the nations. So as we talked about earlier, the church is the one who's going to take the gospel to the nations. So here in the United States, the reason you're a believer is the church, someone in the church, someone part of the church body, talked to you and proclaimed the gospel truth to you and God worked in your heart to share with you that message of redemption and you followed him as Lord. That's how it worked for you. That's exactly how it works overseas. The problem is there's no church. Who's gonna tell them? There is no church. There's not a believer. In many of these communities that we lived among, there was not even one believer, much less a church, to shine the light of Christ. So if the church is gonna be the one to spread God's glory over all the earth. We've gotta go build the church. And we need the church to go and build the church all around the earth. Um, Just in closing, I just wanna wanna share with you one more Piper quote. It's my very favorite and um, was my husband's um, anthem. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Um, I'm going to show you a video. It's actually for Southeast Asia with the IMV, but I felt that the message of it was so compelling. In fact, when I watched it, I thought, I want to go to Southeast Asia and serve. So I hope you will enjoy this and um, just praying. I've been praying for you actually all today. Just asking that the Lord would use his word um, through his written word, the scripture, through something I'm sharing, through something's Nisha's sharing, through some discussion you're going to have at your table in just a minute. Um, and even the, the images and the words from this video um, to be able to just speak directly to your heart. And just I've been praying that he would move your heart towards himself and towards his desire to see his kingdom come among the nations. So if you can show that video, that'd be great.
2: Let us introduce ourselves. We're rice farmers, businessmen, street food chefs, and fishermen at sea. We're individuals, families, Congregating in villages, city dwellers. We work hard. We're rich. We're poor. And somewhere in between. We enjoy sharing a smile. And we're prepared to lend a hand. We're firm in our beliefs. You'll find us praying at the mosque and paying merit on the street because the vast majority of us we don't believe in Jesus. We
0: don't
2: believe in Jesus. Did you catch that? We don't believe in Jesus. Many of us We've never even heard the name of Jesus. We're the peoples of Southeast Asia. We're a lot like you. We work, we play, we laugh, we cry, we love. If you make your way to our side of the world, we'll have a seat prepared for you. We hope you like your food spicy and your coffee bold. Come on over. We'd love to hear your story. We have some time. Do you?
1: I was just going to share, too. Um, I mentioned that I was a double E major and um, I did work um, in that field for a little while, but when I went overseas, um, I did not continue in that necessarily because. Back in the day, we kind of had this idea that you go and you do your mission work, um, your evangelism and church planting. We were church planters. You do your church planting and then um, you kind of build a platform. So, like, we had a business that we owned. Um, We had a translation, actually, it was a consulting company, but we did some other things um, along that. But but to go and to be an engineer in China was not an option at that point. However, now in a lot of countries in the world, not just China, but places where it's harder and harder to get into, um, it is actually important. Anisha referenced this that you have a degree that you can use or have a skill set that you can use in that place, and they're calling it BAM—Businesses Mission. But um, so she mentioned a business degree or um, you know some other sorts of degrees. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you, like if you feel like if you were looking at that and you're like, yeah, I want to write a blank check, but like, I have this like thing that I'm passionate about and I want to be able to do that too. That is um, not only an option, but actually a necessity in some places now to be able to serve um, in those countries. So I just wanted to say that Um, Out loud. And also, if you have parents who you feel like are not supportive on any level of you serving or even getting on an airplane to another country, um, that is a real issue as well. But I just want to say, Um, That is something many people have faced. And I would just submit to you, just entrust that to the Lord as well. Because if he is calling you, then he will provide a way, meaning he will change the hearts of those who might be opposed as well. So those are just two things I was thinking of um, when we were talking about the blank check. Does the idea of the blank check scare you? (laughs) I remember when David Platt brought this idea up of blank check, and I was like, yeah, I wrote a blank check, and um, as long as my blank check keeps me serving the people group I serve in China, I'm totally great with that. (laughs) And so, um, and however, that is not the case anymore. And so I'm here again with a blank check, just asking the Lord, what are you going to do with our lives? Like, I know you're not finished with us, so where do you have us? What work do you have before us? And so I'm in the same boat. Um, I'm writing my blank check again right now. So, yeah. Any questions you guys have or um, just thoughts, things that provoked thoughts as you listened or watched? Yeah.
0: So what is it like to leave behind, uh, like, an extended family or even an uh, an immediate family when called
1: to the mission field? Yeah. So I think... um, it's different when we first left versus each time we left. So when we first left, I think we didn't have children <laughs> at that point. And so they didn't have grandchildren. So it was a lot easier for them to say goodbye to us, mainly because in college, both David and I were called to missions and both felt that we were going to be going to China. And we said, hey, let's just go do this together. And so, um, so because we'd already kind of laid that out and we'd already had that discussion with our parents, like, why not just stay in Alabama? Well, because there's a million churches in Alabama, and there's zero churches among this people group in China. So I'd like to go and be a part of church number one, actually. And so um, to me, that was like, I was so passionate about that. And I think my family saw that and so encouraged that. So when we left the first time, I feel like, um, you know, it was this kind of just, okay, this is just a continuation of what you've already been doing. Um, But I will say that um, every time that we left, um, as we uh, had more children, it got more difficult for the the grandparents to say goodbye. For us, we kind of felt like our whole adult lives were spent in China, actually. Like we went when we were in our 20s, early 20s. And so um, that was just what we were doing. It's what we felt passionate towards, what we felt called towards. And so it didn't feel like a leaving behind of something. It felt like a going to something. And it felt like I want to be a part of that adventure. And like, this is just someone else's adventure. And so honestly, um, all of our Friendships, our deepest friendships, all of our colleagues, all of our ministry, all of our children's activities and friends, they're all in China still. <laughs> and so we have, um, so that was where our life was. So it really didn't feel like a leaving behind. But I do know what you mean. And I feel like there are times when events happen like weddings or funerals or things like that. And you're not able to go and be a part of that. But I think um, when you are, no matter what you're doing in life, if you've got, a job and you're living in another part of America, even that's not even a possibility all the time. So I think just thinking of it along those lines that it's what you've been called to, not what you've been called away from. So, yeah. That was a great question, though. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Was it to, to, the to the country or... Okay. So that's a great question too. So in, especially in China, but in a lot of countries now where you have to have actual businesses or you have to have BAM or you have to have um, master's degrees to be able to teach there. Um, it's quite difficult to stay getting a tourist visa, no problem, but getting a residence visa is a quite a bit more of an issue. And so Um, A lot of times, um, you will have to have a platform, so you'll have to have a business, or you'll have to have um, a teaching degree, or you'll have to be an engineer, or a doctor, or something like that to be able to stay. For us, we um, went on the field as students, actually, um, in China, and so language students, which at this point... China's not giving those kind of visas very often anymore. And so, um, but it was very lax back then when you didn't have the president that we have now um, in China. And so, we were able to go in and just be students, learn the language, and that's kind of where you would go no matter what, and Nisha can talk to you more about that, but no matter where you would go in the world, you would go in as a student if you're going for a short-term trip. If you're going for um, a hands-on or a summer project or a um, journeyman term of one or two years or three years even, um, those you would most of the time go in as a student, and that would be fine, and you would get a visa in that way. But if you decide to turn around and stay longer, you will definitely have to think through Okay, well, what am I gonna do here? And so we actually had two journeyman girls um, who came and stayed with us for two years, and they're actually back in the states now, and they're doing seminary at Southeastern. Um, one of them is single, just in case. Um, and so she's amazing. Um, but they are doing seminary, and they're turning around and going back to the field, um, and they are actually asking themselves, okay, what can I be doing in the states that I can actually like what kind of job can I be job skills can I be gaining now that I can actually use? So they have college degrees, but their college degrees don't actually. Transfer to things that they can use on the field. So they're now having to do more classes and more studies. So if you're considering going overseas long term, I would definitely consider. Working towards at least knowledge and a, a knowledge base and a skill set that you can use on the field, and Nisha could be a good resource for that. Just um, to be able to ask people within the IMB. Okay, I'm thinking about the Middle East. What do they need in the Middle East? You know, or I'm thinking about Southeast Asia. What kind of resources would be good to bring to Southeast Asia? So, yeah, that's a great question. Though it does take a lot of time, um, which is. Um, why now they call it business's mission because you really want to set up your business so that it would lead into the activities that are towards your mission as well yeah so how many of you have actually um, been on a mission trip outside of the states okay Just a handful. Okay, well, you see those hands, so others, um, if you're interested, you can talk with them as well and just ask, you know, what was that like and for how long and all of that? And Nisha is a fantastic resource. She actually works for the IMB also um, as a recruiter, (laughs) and so I love her. But um, she is passionate towards the nations and towards internationals, and I would say... Um, From my perspective, that's where you start. You are in a town with lots and lots of people from all over the world. Don't waste that opportunity. If you are not feeling the love in your context, which is dishwasher, big washing machine and dryer, English language, food sackleys or Chick-fil-A, whatever you like, if you're not reaching out to the international community. There is no reason for you to cross the ocean and attempt to do that. You need to be doing that here and gaining that experience and that understanding of their culture and then take that to their nation. I think that's how the Lord works um, in those relationships. And And I feel like um, a lot of times we think, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to make this happen, but you know what? Let's make it happen here. <laughs> and then with these internationals as well, let's not miss that opportunity um, and, and And just skip over that step. So, yeah. And if you have more questions, I'll be around for a few more minutes. And then, um, but Nisha will be here.
0: Yeah, we're going to watch a video now about some different opportunities that we have. And then I'm just going to close this out with a little bit more specifics about opportunities.
3: We only get one shot to leverage our life for the mission of God. God gave us skills. He made us good at something. I want to take the skill that God gave me, and I want to use it in the place that's the most strategic. We know that it is God's will that these unreached people groups have a a witness to the gospel. We know that there will be people from those unreached people groups that are represented around the throne of Jesus Christ one day. What greater privilege than to take whatever skill God has given me and to use it in a place where there literally is no other Christian witness. What if before you launched into whatever career that God is going to put you in, you saw firsthand what God is doing in the most strategic places in the world. That's what makes the Journeyman program so brilliant, is it allows you to be on the front lines. It allows you to see.
4: During my time in South Asia, I learned about a whole different world and a whole different culture from my own. It transformed my thinking. It opened up uh, my eyes and my heart to needs that I couldn't have understood uh, without going there. The depths of, of poverty, but then also the richness of fellowship there. We didn't know how strong uh, we could be in the Lord's grace. And uh, we never imagined the, the depth and the breadth and the variety of ways that we would see Him at work.
3: And you realize that I really am that clay pot, that there's not really a whole lot special about me but I have this treasure inside of me that I'm able to share wherever I go. And to be sent out from our churches, to be that person who shares the gospel with someone for the first time. And we've seen many
2: people come to Christ. We've also seen many people reject Him, and that's painful. I was able to be an accountant in a closed place, but I was also a Christian there. And so being there for accounting purposes allowed me to share Christ the same way I would here in the States. There's never going to be a perfect time to quit your job. There's never going to be a perfect time to uproot your family. You just have to pray about it and do it. And if God's calling you to go,
3: then you have to go. The ultimate passion, the ultimate cause is seeing Jesus Christ's gospel and his kingdom spread throughout the world. I want to put before them a vision that's worth living for and a vision worth dying for.
4: There were many times overseas when you you would see things in these medical camps, in these villages, Patients who had not been attended to at all, had zero medical care, and to approach them with love and compassion in a way that they had not experienced because they had been marginalized, and to bring God's love to them in a compassionate way was really the kernel of how my journey into the medical profession began.
3: Obey what Matthew 6.33 says, which is to seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and then all these other things are gonna be added to you, your career, your marriage, your family, all, all these things. But put God and His Great Commission first.
4: If I had known something about Lottie Moon, you know, or about the opportunities to serve as journeymen or as ISC or hands-on, you know, it would have been something that would have just encouraged me tremendously spiritually.
3: We recognize that the Holy Spirit has created a situation in the world now that is unlike anything that has ever happened in the last 2,000 years, urbanization, globalization. And This is what theologians call a Kairos moment, where it is, in a sense, easier than ever for us to get the gospel into unreached places. And my conviction is that one of the best ways to do that is through people who are going to take what God made them good at, and they're going to pursue it in a place where they can be strategically used in the kingdom of God. Time is short. My life is short. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. The gospel is good news for Muslims. It's good news for Buddhists. It's good news for Southeast Asians. And I want to make sure that by God's power, we get it there in time because I want to see um, those people worshiping with us around the throne. And I know it's going to happen. And I want to be a part of it.
0: Every time I watch that video, I'm like, just kind of moved. And um, I want to kind of just mention a couple opportunities that we have. Obviously, you heard about Journeyman. Journeyman is a two-year program. It's for people who have um, a four-year degree or as long as you're 21. We've actually just changed those, um, the, the uh, requirements for that. So it's two years as a part of... Alberta. It's, um, it's paid for fully for two years to go. Um, if you've never been, I would encourage you to take a step. I, I talk to students all the time and I, and I say, you know, like I got a couple good friends of mine. He's like, I know I'm called to be a pastor. And I'm like, that's great. And it could be that you're supposed to be a pastor here. But what if you're supposed to be a pastor there? Because we know what it's like to be here. I know what it's like to be here. But do we know what it's like to be there? And I don't think we do. But but who who's going? Like, I don't know. This, this is my passion, so I have to calm myself down every time I, I'm sharing. But I just want to say that... Um, whether, whether you want to go for two weeks, you're like, I've never gone, I want to go for two weeks. Number one, if Kyle and and Alberta have some partnerships, I would say, go, go, go this summer. If they don't have partnerships, come talk to me or come talk to me anyway. And like, I'll direct you to him, but yeah, we could still stay in touch. Um, but if you've gone for two weeks, maybe consider going for a summer or if, if you haven't, you could still go for a summer and go just see what it's like. Um, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling to get off a plane, and you're standing right where you're looking right there, and there's no church, and every single person around you, they haven't heard. It's different than Mexico. It's different than anywhere else. It's, there's masses, 20 million in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and we have five personnel teams there, like How are you going to reach 20 million people? And so, um, yeah, two weeks, two months, two years. Um, Use your degree. Like, it's also a great transition. Like, I was talking to uh, someone. They were talking about business and getting into medical school and things like that. Sometimes if you're going to get a postdoc or you're going to get whatever that's called, a doctorate, not postdoc. um, But, like, you can go and, and sometimes that's, it's a good thing to take a break and to go for six months. So we offer summer, we offer hands-on, which could be one semester. If you have a semester, it could also be up to a year. And then we have journeyman, which is two years. So journeyman is paid for in full, your insurance, everything. Um, hands-on in summer, it would be you're paying for it, but it's a lot cheaper because of the money that's given by Alberta. So we have a lot of opportunities. I would love to talk to you about it. Like, even if you're like, I can't go this summer, but next summer, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to just, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd join you in prayer in that. And then um, one more thing. Oh, I'm just going to echo what Erica said about international students. And, and just sharing the gospel here. Like, it's not about jumping on a plane. If 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 it's all of our responsibilities to get the gospel to all of the earth, sitting in huddles And having great Bible studies and exegeting James, once again, is not going to finish the task. We've got to open our mouths. We've got to open our mouths and share the gospel and then let them know there's a greater purpose for their lives, and it includes getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so I just want to encourage all of us, including myself, that every day we're doing that with somebody. Um, and there's a lot of international students, and if you're interested in that, I'd love to help you get involved with that as well. Thank you, Kyle, for letting me come and share and letting me invite Erica, and um, yeah, let's just give her a hand, because like, I'm just so thankful she could come tonight.